So your marketing leadership might have an idea of what their objectives are. And they think, great, we're all aligned. And the reality is like, CEO might have a different objective that they think they're trying to meet. And what we find is when those things aren't aligned, that's when you run into trouble. Welcome to the Marketing Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. Join your host, Dots Oyobulu, as he learns from CMOs, seasoned marketers, and agency owners about the state of marketing, strategic marketing insights, and actionable steps for growth. Connect the dots and enjoy the latest episode. This episode is brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. If you're a business needing to grow, develop podcast campaigns, or a marketer looking to build and drive effective B2B content marketing strategies, Dots is here to offer you ultimate marketing leadership and expertise. Find out more at www.dotslovesmarketing.com. Hi, marketers. This is Dots. And welcome to the Marketing Leadership Podcast. Here, I learn from CMOs, seasoned marketers, and business owners around the world on the best practices for marketing or growth marketing or B2B marketing. And with me here is Megan Fista. She is the co-founder and CEO of Listen Network. And with her, we will be talking about why CMOs need to integrate podcast paid promotion into their B2B growth strategy. I know you guys are ready and let's get it. Megan, it's nice seeing you once again and welcome to our podcast. We typically like to start with you telling us about yourself, your background, your role. I know you are a renowned marketing scrum master, so I'd like to learn more about that and some of the many things that you've accomplished. Sure, thanks. And thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you. So a little bit about myself, just personally, I'm married. I have this amazing teenage daughter who just knows how to make me laugh. She makes me laugh so hard I cry sometimes. And when I'm not busy hanging out with my family, I like to spend time with my friends like everybody else does. And I like to go to the gym. I try to challenge myself there a little bit and really just spend as much time as I can when I'm not working with my family, my friends, and just doing the stuff that I really like. Try to make sure I prioritize some downtime too for myself. You know, when you're doing all these marketing things, you really have to just take a little bit of time for yourself as well. So I recommend that to anybody. That's my priorities. That's right. Yeah, just take that time. So I always make sure I include that in these things because I think that's really important. We tend to talk a lot about ourselves as in the business terms, but I think personal life is real. We should all talk about those things and talk about the things that we really care about too. And then switching into that, my background for many years is really in the creative services area. So I have a degree in advertising from Penn State. I did about nine to 10 years with the Pennsylvania Media Group. They're owned by Advanced Publications, which is part of like Newhouse. Newhouse is known for like their newspapers, but then each newspaper has its own website. And that's where I came up through the industry. And then more recently, I transitioned into a leadership role as director of talent for a company that provides world-class engineering teams to large corporations. So that was a little bit of a divergence in terms of advertising, but I got to work really closely with some technology teams. And I love it because everything sort of merged together here, which I'll talk about in just a second. So right now, I'm the managing partner for Ad10, which is a B2B sales consultancy business. And then I'm also, and what we'll talk about more today, is the co-founder and CEO of Listen Network. And quite simply, they just provide podcast growth solutions. And then so it's been like an interesting kind of 
experience together where I've got this background in advertising and background in technology, and they just merged together beautifully to create this new company, Listen Network, that I'm just I'm really excited about. So just always looking for new challenges. And this really was one of those things that excited me. And just over the years, I've been so lucky to work with some really talented and fun people along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. I think our listeners will take away the part that work-life unity, as it's called right now, is very important. But aside from that, I like the fact that through your background, you have this, I call it the three pillars, people, process, and technology. You have all that really ingrained in your marketing leadership, which is just really awesome. And that's great. So now let's dive deep into the topic a little bit. When it comes to podcast as an initiative for, say, enterprise companies, mid-sized companies, or even small businesses, why do you think that companies running this podcast are not currently meeting their objectives? Because definitely we know that they are not meeting their objectives. Some of them are thinking of canceling out podcast initiatives altogether, especially in the 2023 world. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind is that they actually don't have a clear understanding of what their objectives are in the first place. And I think that's also about collaborating within a company's team. So your marketing leadership might have an idea of what their objectives are and they think, great, we're all aligned. And the reality is like CEO might have a different objective that they think they're trying to meet. And what we find is when those things aren't aligned, that's when you run into trouble, right? So the podcast topic isn't something that is relevant to the objectives. What they're tracking isn't relevant. How they're promoting it isn't relevant. And it all falls apart. So it's not just saying like, of course, I know as a marketer what my objectives are. But we're great at that, right? Like we know how to do that. But it's making sure that everybody else is aligned with that so that you can keep your marketing budget whenever you have to report back to your CEO that says, this isn't meeting our objectives. Like, of course it was. It's meeting the objectives that I as a marketer had, but I didn't get everybody else aligned with that. So I think that's a responsibility as a marketing person to make sure that like we really are all internally all aligned with what the objectives are. I think that's super, super important. So for me, that's like the biggest one because it's that's where everything falls apart. You know, are we building brand awareness? Like all these are legitimate objectives, whatever that might be. Are we driving sales? Are we trying to get like good relationships with either customers or potential customers or internally? Like maybe we're doing this for talent acquisition. Maybe it's for the CEO and he wants to have a thought leadership process, or maybe she has this expertise and experience that is worth sharing. So it's really just getting aligned on that first. And then there's a couple other reasons like that I see. But for me, that's always the biggest one. And the easiest, I say the easiest one to fix, but it's not. It's the easiest one to be aware of, probably the hardest one to fix. Getting everybody aligned is <laughs> not always the easiest thing. Then it comes down to things like content. So now that we know what our objective is, does the content actually resonate with that audience? And that I think is something that if you work with a podcast company, they have high level strategy that can really help with that too. So it's like objective settings. And then now making sure that the content is really engaging and informative and exciting and entertaining. I think just because you're doing something business to business doesn't mean it has to be boring. Like you can really pump it up and make it exciting. It's just, you know, people think like consumers and it's explosions and awesomeness. And then you get to business and it's like, all the energy comes down and it does not have to be that way. Just find out what is really exciting to you as a host and exciting to you as a listener and just bring it all together. 
One last thing, and just before we move on or before we talk, is just I've found too that everybody wants to think that, okay, cool, I've got, I know what like my objectives are. I've got this podcast with great content and it's going to be awesome. And I think marketing deep down, we know like that's not really true. Like you can have great content, but if nobody finds it, you know, that's it. And I think of it almost like viral, right? So you might win the lottery and go viral, right? But that's like some minuscule amount. Odds are pretty good that you're going to have to take the reins and like really drive that. And so I think the reality is like knowing, just making it part of the plan that like, I'm going to have this great content. Host is going to be great. Everything else is going to be great. And I have to have a way to promote this. And it can't just be like, well, I distributed it to Spotify. That's not a plan. That's like table states. That's just basic. That's a to-do list. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Of course you're going to do that, but that's actually not going to get you where you need to go. And if you have any kind of like aggressive KPIs for anything, you're not going to meet them by just pushing the button that it goes on Spotify. Not enough. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to ask a follow-up question, but you just dealt with that beautifully, which is the fact that there might be a perception out there of having contact as a nice to have. Yeah. It's a nice to have. Let's just do it and move on with our lives. We hope it gets viral and all this perception about what a content is. From what you just said, it's not the way it is right now because there are 10 or 100 times more noise compared to you know what we had five years ago, what we had 10 years ago. The attention span nowadays is almost nil, I would say. Some people say eight seconds, but it's very hard to reach the people you want without having that relevance to your content and having the strategy to back it up. So that was very beautiful. All right. Another question I would like to ask is, again, to the podcast advertising space. And I would like you to give us a bit of a breakdown on how we work in terms of how the podcast is being targeted from an ads perspective and, you know, the different solutions out there and, you know, where you see this in the next couple of years. So when we think about podcast advertising, there's a couple of different angles for it. And I'll just kind of talk a little bit about it. So a lot of times when we think of podcast advertising, we think of advertising within a podcast. So I host a podcast, I have advertisers, they provide a service or a business or whatever. And so those are like your host read stuff. If you listen to any podcast, you'll recognize these things like host read, pre-recorded ads, usually read by the host or some member of a host team. And then you've got programmatic ads, which insert them dynamically into podcasts. All this is cool and great, but none of this really addresses the problem that we see a lot on our end, which is that I need listeners first, right? Like I need to get people to actually listen to this particular podcast. So yes, somebody wants to advertise on my podcast, but that, and typically that doesn't happen until you have listeners. So you've got this kind of like chicken and egg problem where it's like, well, I need more listeners. How do I get more listeners? But I also want maybe to monetize my podcast and all that comes hand in hand. So what we do with Listen Network is we have these really special context targeted display advertisements that drive validated podcast plays. So what does that mean, right? You have a great episode. You're really excited about this episode. We create display ads, like the kind that you see on websites. You're used to seeing those as well. But you can also play that podcast dynamically within that ad. When a person pushes the button, plays for 60 seconds, that's what we call a validated listen. So it's a way then for you to both advertise your podcast itself and drive those listens just beyond, hey, click on this and go to my podcast. Like you can actually interact with that ad 
and have somebody truly listen to your podcast, get interested in it. And hopefully maybe there's another call to action, like subscribe to the podcast or some kind of follow up to that. So that's really what I focus on. So you've got that consumer side of it. And then you've got the, well, I need to get more listeners. And there's really like both of those sides that we want to be paying attention to. I think both are important and valid. Yeah, I think they are groundbreaking as well. And I will tell you why. Maybe you can speak to that as well. Someone within this live stream or this podcast might say, okay, we have Spotify ads. Why should I consider this model? What would you say to someone like that who already knows about whether it's the Spotify ads or the Apple ads and then some of the other types of models out there? You had made a distinction between this and what they, we call a sponsored plug. I think they know that, but some may be asking, how is this different from the Spotify ad that was, I think, released a couple of months to a year ago? Yeah. I mean, to that, I'd say that's great. Do them both. Like I never, you know, with marketing, it's not just either or. Obviously, budgets limit certain things, but in my mind, you want both. I tend to think of the Spotify ads and Apple ads and all that. I mean, they're great. And I think they have their place. We are already hitting people who could potentially find your podcast in that way. What I like about the display advertising is it's really outside of that podcasting ecosystem, right? So I am a CNN reader. I'm reading an article about something that I think is interesting. And your episode is directly related to that. So I'm likely to say it's a very easy leap to introduce people to something that maybe they're not aware of. I just think you're going to get people in a different spot. And I think also it's fine to do both. Like maybe I see your ad on Spotify and I also see on CNN. Now I'm doubly likely to do it, especially if you're able to target me as a person individually in different places. Now we really don't do much in terms of cooking anymore with the whole GDPR stuff. That's a whole separate thing. But I also like that for that reason, because it's all context. So if I'm interested in something, it's very likely I'm going to be interested in that podcast. Let's do it. But I never think of any of marketing or advertising as either or. When you have a campaign, it's old-fashioned stuff, right? It's magazines, it's billboards, it's a newspaper, and it's display ads and podcast ads and like everything. So make sure that it's diversified because you just don't know exactly where you're going to find that person in that moment that will then take an action that you want. That's awesome. I would like to stay there for a little bit, but that sort of connects to the next question here. How about you have someone thinking, okay, it's either or. How about I have the listener talk strategy, which is around web advertising for B2B, and then the native Spotify, for example, advertising for the B2C audience. Do you see a possibility where someone would want to have different platforms or different styles of advertising for the two different segments of the market? Yeah, I think it probably depends on what your show is and who the target audience is. But ultimately, if it was me, I would run two different campaigns. I would test it. I would look at the data. Like, where where am I actually getting results from? I mean, it seems so basic, but that's how I make my decisions. It's, you're going initially always on a hunch. Like, this is what I think is going to happen. This is what I think the results are going to be. But ultimately, I want to know really what the results are. And I want to test it out. So I would A-B split something like that. I would try to make it as similar as possible and really run through two campaigns and then just go with whatever works best. And maybe it's, you know, listen, network kind of display stuff. And maybe it's just straight out of Spotify. And I say follow the data. Yeah, that makes sense. So as you listen to this, you know, some of the things I'm getting here from Megan is you need to look at the data when you're trying to segment your audiences or segment the platforms. You're always having to act on the own. 
there is this rumor out there that says Apple Podcast is for the B2B guys and Spotify is for the hippie guys. That might not actually end up being true, depending on what the, top, the subject you're talking about or the service you're trying to put out there. So basically, it's running as many tests as you can, which is very beautiful. All right. One more question here. I would like to know when it comes to the measurement. You may just mention data right now. And I would like to ask, could you tell us your best three KPIs to consider when you are looking at the podcast paid advertising ecosystem, as it were, or paid distribution ecosystem? What do you think are the top three KPIs that marketers should focus on? So I have, I'll say four, because I know you have three, but I'm going to tell you four. And I'm also going to say that these can be completely wrong. And I'll follow up on that why. Okay, so first things that we tend to look at, right? And because we need some kind of measurement ability. So I downloads, right? Listens, and then engagement slash conversion, right? Like how is the end user like interacting, right? And I love these metrics because they're standard and you can use them, you know, again, if you're testing and you need to A-B split, like these are good ways to do that. But, and here's the big but, right? Is that, if these don't align with the objectives that we talked about earlier, then it's pointless and stupid. Don't do that. So if your objective is to, your main objective of having a podcast is to go talk to decision makers at companies maybe you can't get the, your foot in the door with and you want to try to make sales with it, then downloads don't matter at all. Doesn't matter. You don't even care if anybody listens to it because that's not what that podcast is for. So I try to make sure that like when we're talking about these things, that your objectives are really aligned with what you're measuring. I think if you're measuring engagement, great, then listens is a relevant thing. And it may even be that you just look like I'm going to be real. If you're a marketer, you may just need to appease somebody in your company that's reading a metric. This is not a good enough metric. Okay, then here's my downloads and listens and whatever. But I always try to caution people that like if your objective isn't to get more downloads, if that's not what you really care about then it doesn't matter and don't make decisions based on that. If your podcast essay is trying to close deals and you close a deal for $3 million, who cares if you got 10 downloads? Like you made your money back and then some. So it's just like always keeping those objectives in mind and then worrying about what you're tracking alongside that. And again, realistically, track all this stuff anyway, but be careful when you're presenting, I say, especially presenting up, right? You're trying to like get your marketing budget renewed for the next year. Be careful kind of like what you say or make sure that you're reiterating your objectives with whoever it is that's approving your budgets because they'll take one look, let's say if you have low engagement and be like, this is terrible. Why are we doing this? And the reality is, no, we got all this new business from this. This is what our objective is. So just bear that in mind. So that's the whole idea, like downloads, listens, engagement, conversion, make sure they align with your objectives. Yeah, I love that. Like in the standard PPC world, I personally am not a fan of click-through rates per se or cost per click. You know, whilst those are valuable, they necessarily don't deliver to the bottom line, right? You have to look at the bottom line attribution, conversions, cost per conversions, and really hone in on that and give that visibility to your leadership, really. Yeah, this is quite insightful. Again, let me stay on that for just about a minute here. How about I have a marketer, again, by saying I have is listeners of this podcast and their friends that say, my boss wants me to attribute this podcast content to website traffic. Do you have any ideas on how they could navigate that? Yeah, that's such a good one. That's an interesting, that's an interesting metric, but sure. 
I think the basic part of that is just making sure that in everything that you do, you're also making sure that you're linking back and you have a way to track those links. So you can do that in a lot of different ways. Everybody knows like your basic bitlies and all that stuff. But like the idea is set that up from the start with that. And then it's just something that you always include with it. The same way that you always include your logo everywhere. Like you just have to make sure that you're including that. So it's essentially your call to action. And I also recommend keeping it just like anything else, keep it consistent. So same call to action everywhere all the time. Make sure that your host is including it. Make sure it's in all your descriptions, every social media post you have. Make sure that you're doing that and that you can attribute it to it. And then like on the other side of it, and big businesses usually have this set up. But if you're a smaller business, make sure that you're actually set up with something like Google Analytics, where you can also look at it from the website side of things. So yes, you want to have your own tracking links. And that's really important. And you should. And I recommend if you can get one that's like personally branded. There's lots of services out there that let you do that rather than generic. And then just making sure that your website traffic can also help pull out how did they get into this? Well, like, what was the step in? What was the exit in all your traffic? And that'll help you with that. It's an interesting objective. I'm not sure exactly why that would be an objective, but I think obviously everybody's got their own ideas of what's important. And I don't know any of that stuff. Like sometimes just going to go through the motions, right? Okay. Like, boss man or boss lady says, I want you to track this. Like you do it. Sure. Okay. I don't know where we're going with this, but okay, you got it. Mrs. CEO, whatever you want. That? Yeah. It's one of those things, like you said, because when it comes to top-down objectives with these kinds of initiatives, you have to try to connect as much as you can. But I think the key point I learned there is consistency. So whatever it is you're using, if you've got any sort of website attribution, there has to be some sort of consistency. It has to be specific. And if it's not needed, then you can just stick to some of the other KPIs that connect to your goal, like engagements and listens and even just community building, right? Some industries, especially in the tech side, will thrive in a higher community count in terms of growing number of listeners because most of those guys might be developers. Again, it's just reiterating, it's all based on your objectives. Objectives will typically will translate to your KPIs and keep it short as well. Don't say, let's target 15 places, 15 KPIs. You have to be laser focused. I think that's some of the things I'm seeing in there. Yeah, I know a lot of us will be very excited about this already, but I am pragmatic. I would like to ask, are there possible pitfalls to avoid? when it comes to getting a paid distribution growth plan for your podcast? Yeah, sure. Obviously the biggest one, and that's like kind of every marketer's fear is you're going to put a bunch of money into it and it's going to have zero results and you're going to fall on your face and then you have to explain why you fell on your face. Like that to me is always the biggest one. It's just abject failure. And maybe I'm like a little too self-reflective on that, but that's always the big one. I And a lot of times, especially back when I started, and if you do something like a billboard, how do you actually measure that? Like, how do you know if anybody saw it? And a lot of it is anecdotal. But now we can measure things. And so making sure that like those things are already in place and ready to go. And I think, or what I like to do, you can call it micromanagement if you want, but especially when I'm trying something new is I want to be really regimented and disciplined about what I'm looking at. So I want to like with online advertising, you can do that, right? You can look and see what the difference is between yesterday and today and make adjustments. It's never the set it and forget it kind of thing. You're looking and looking again and iterating again and continuing to like hone in more and more on that objective and that audience or whatever it might be. And so really the idea of, oh, it's abject failure. 
sure, if you said it once and guess and then forget it and, you know, two weeks later, you've, built, you've blown your budget and you've done nothing, like, of course, that's going to be a problem. But you can really hone in, in, like I said, in a disciplined way. And I also tend to think of it like I think of it in terms of development. And that is try to only pull if you can, if you have time and you have budget to do it, only pull like one lever at a time. Be disciplined about what you do. It's easy to maybe see like, oh, this isn't working. I'm going to change 17 different things today and then see how it goes tomorrow. Cool. But then which one worked and which one didn't? Did I make something worse? Why is so just be really meticulous about it. I am a big fan of documentation. So I like to actually write up like what changes. Now, I do like platforms like Google in particular. They will actually show what has been changed. It actually like documents that for you on a rolling basis. If you are doing like code commits or whatever, which is so great. So you don't even have to do that. But for me, I like to sometimes think, write down, why did I make this change? Or what am I trying to fix here? And make sure that that's discipline. But yeah, for me, the big word on that is discipline. Just going in every single day, being regimented about it and pulling one lever at a time and you'll get where you need to go and just making sure that you're not sort of like off on chasing the next thing. Marketers are pulled in a lot of different directions, but this is really important. You know, if you want to succeed with it, you just, you got to just break down and do it. It's not the most exciting part of your day, but it can be when you go back the next day and something's changed well and you're excited about it. I would like you to echo on this. We might have some enterprise marketing leaders within listening to this podcast. And my idea or my thoughts with regards to some of your points that you just mentioned now is the discipline, right? If it's budget season and you're reporting to management and you're reporting a result that is not great, my belief is that a sincere management team will appreciate the process through which you tried to grow the campaign, the process through which you tried to make true cost corrections, the process through which you measured every aspect of the campaign, iterating and so on and so forth. So even if there is a failure and you're trying to justify, yeah, this failed in a way, but I want to try something else. So let's continue spending. It's my expectation that, you know, your boss will appreciate the process that you have taken to grow that initiative. Would you agree to that or no? I love that. And I think that's so true. You're right. If you're coming from somebody who's sincere with that, and I always feel like this is all data, right? If you can kind of remove yourself from the idea of that this is my idea and it's going to be great and like, that didn't work, it fell on its face. The reality of that is, is if you try something and it's not the results that you want or they're like less than stellar, then you make sure you document it and then you go do the next thing that you're going to do. Any data is good data. And rather than continue to throw good money after bad, you say, you know, this just isn't the channel for us. Like this is not resonating with our audience. I'm going to document that. I'm going to have good data around that, make sure I show that. And then I'm going to do the next thing. That's the whole idea of all this feedback and all this data that we have. It's not just keep throwing money after it and hoping it gets better. The idea is, look, if this worked or this didn't, and all of that is information, let's use that and do the next thing that we're going to do. Yeah, that's awesome. This podcast is usually about marketing leaders, learning from other marketing leaders. And I have learned so much within this time. And I just wanted to ask where can our marketers find you if they, I know a lot of them will be like, oh my God, I need to get Megan on board to help me out, to help my company level up my podcast and content in general. So if they want to find you, where can they find you and how can they find you? Sure. Thanks so much. This has gone so fast. I had such a good time. I really appreciate you again having me on. This is so much fun. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, there's kind of two easy ways to do that. You can reach out to me through my email on Listen Network. So just Megan at listennetwork.co. 
You can also go to our website. That would be great as well. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm just Megan Fister, F-I-S-T-E-R. And I would love to hear from anybody who is having marketing challenges, podcast advertising challenges. I could talk about this all day and then some. So please do reach out to me. I would love to talk. And thanks again, Dots. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. So marketers, that's all we have for today. Make sure you follow me on LinkedIn to stay tuned for things like show notes, video recaps, or just going back to listening to this stream if you would like to maybe take a few notes. And don't forget to subscribe. So this podcast will be live on Spotify and Apple. And again, just get connected to me. And my website is also on dotslovesmarketing.com. So that's www.dotslovesmarketing.com. Until the next episode, connect the dots. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Leadership Podcast. Brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. There will be links to any resources mentioned in today's show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. If you're a business needing to grow, develop podcast campaigns, or a marketer looking to build and drive effective B2B content marketing strategies, Dots is here to offer you ultimate marketing leadership and expertise. Find out more at www.dotslovesmarketing.com.